You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. On today's episode, me and Pat are going to discuss DeMar DeRozan's future with the Chicago Bulls. Will he be extended? Will he be traded? Will he walk away for nothing next offseason? We're going to talk about that. Plus, ask the question, will Billy Donovan have better player utilization next season and the passing of Rocky Wirtz? We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. (laughs) Got to edit this now. Yep, yep. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. That's Pat, the designer, host, and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. Pat, first thing we got on the docket for today, talking about DeMar DeRozan's future with the Chicago Bulls. It's kind of the next... Big chip, I guess, to fall because depending on what the Bulls do with this, it would continue double downing on the core that we already have. When you look at DeMar DeRozan, a couple of options. We can, of course, extend him at any point uh, during the season. We can uh, trade him by the trade deadline and, and move him and get some value back if that's what they choose to do. Or we can let it play out in free agency, possibly let him walk away for nothing. When you look at kind of those three options, like which do you think is more likely? Which do you think the Bulls should kind of explore? Because those could be very two two very different things. Where do you sit at with it, Pat? I, I think that for me, I, I lean more towards the wait and see what's going on at the deadline because at a minimum, right, if all of this does go well, You've got Javon Carter, you've got DeMar DeRozan, you got Zach Levine, you got Nikola Vucevic, Patrick Williams takes a step. My God, we're on our way heading towards 48 wins, right? Like, we're all of a sudden excited about this basketball team again. We're looking to add at the deadline instead of trade things away. But I think that that's also the best situation just because when you're playing the the game that AK is playing, when you're playing the continuity game, um, taking away a major piece at this point just makes no sense. And but you do still have to try and find some value there unless you have a good have a pretty good feeling that DeMar DeRozan wants to come back at the end of the season like that you just know that like I'm not leaving I'll come back on a similar deal like Vooch is on something like that I think that that's the only scenario where you can wait till after the season so to me trade deadline is the only thing that makes sense um I guess that would only be in a selling situation, though. So is that the scenario that you really want? Because I doubt you're trading away DeMar DeRozan in a scenario where the Bulls are actually a winning basketball team. Well, here's the thing. I I, I agree with you. More than likely, yeah, if if the Bulls are winning, you you probably aren't going to be looking to trade DeMar DeRozan, right? Because at that point, why why tear something up? But here's the thing. What if the Bulls are winning, but Dalen takes a leap, or Patrick Williams takes a leap, right? considerably and then at that point you're saying hey pat's out here killing it this season finally um and we feel confident now about moving him on depending on what we get back and or hell even to say what if earn bits him does show some things and the bulls are like hey this guy's a lot cheaper stretches the floor like they're there i think that that type of thing could happen but i do think ultimately if the bulls are winning let's say me and you both think like with the changes the bulls made they can be back 45 wins somewhere around there. If they're on pace for that or maybe shooting above that, 
why, why, why do the maybe at that point you say, even if we do plan on letting DeMar walk, maybe we can force a signing trade. I don't know. I guess, I guess to me, right, like in, in all of those scenarios, them taking a step isn't what DeMar DeRozan is, right? Like if you're winning, I feel like it's more so because of what the person that DeMar DeRozan is, unless, right, like barring anything, right, he goes out with, you know, and misses a little bit of time due to injury or something like that. And that's when we see somebody take a real step up or really take a, a, a hold on a starting position there. But even then, right, like DeMar DeRozan seems like the kind of guy who you could sit there and go to and be like, listen, the young fella's cooking right now. We want to go with the young fellow on this scenario. Would you be willing to come off of the bench at least for the rest of the year? and just be this dominant force off of the bench and lead that group of young guys that you already love, half of these mugs already. I, I don't even feel like DeMar would shy away from that role in a Bulls role, in, in a Bulls system right now. If somebody did step up in that way. Um, but I get what I, you're I, saying with that. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know I, I mean? but the, the thing that I look at it is I put this on coaching and that a lot on and on coaching and maybe that's well, right yeah. or wrong because personally, I don't know if I trust Billy Donovan to do that. Like, I just don't know if I trust Billy. Like, because we, when you look at what DeMar was with the, with the uh, San Antonio Spurs, he deferred at time to players that aren't nearly as good as some of the players we have on this Bulls team. Yeah. We don't really see that that often here on this Bulls team. So to me, that co that goes to coaching and, and, and uh, kind of culture here. Now, I mean, will he do that if, if he is? Let's say Dalen takes a huge leap and actually starts shooting the ball well, or Patrick Williams finally looks like the player that we think that he has the potential to be, and DeMar does say, yeah, I can come off the bench for that because we're cooking right now, and I want to be on a winning team. And guess what? Patrick Williams has offered us the best uh, chance at winning. If he does that, hats off to him. You sign him for three to five years at that point. That, at that yeah. point, I'm all, all on board for it. But I guess that's the biggest question here is if he'd be willing to do that. But again, I, the players have to show; they have to take that. Demar there's, ain't going. Demar big, ain't giving yeah. up nothing to them, and he shouldn't. Yeah, there's there's a big step that has to be taken by the rest of these players before you're sitting there having a conversation about you know Demar Derozan moving anywhere. Like that, I think that's the part that that's that's the part where at the end of the day, no matter how you feel about this Bulls team, is the most confusing because there's still so many question marks with all of these young pieces. There's so many question marks with what Patrick Williams, like Muggs is still sitting here telling me this is the see. I saw Kenny Beecham the other day and, and I'm a big Kenny Beecham fan, but you know, he was like, Patrick Williams is the fourth option. We'll never be able to be this player. And he showed like basically Pat Will's off season workout highlights. And the only thing that I could think was, how many times was he the third option last season? Mm -hmm. How many times was he the second? Heck, there were times when he was the first option on the team and he still took eight shots. They, then we played the Bucks, and literally, like, Zach Levine wasn't there and DeMar DeRozan wasn't there. And, like, it was him and Vooch. And the person that ended up taking 10 or more shots was, like, uh, uh, Alex Caruso. And I don't even know who the other one But, like, I, I just... I need to see more from these guys. I need to see bigger steps from these guys. And I don't know if these steps are coming this season the way that people think they are. I do think that Patrick Williams can take a step this season. I'm not saying he can't, but I think that step is like 15 points a game and two more rebounds. You know, he's 15 and, and five instead of, or he's 15 and six instead of 15 and or nine and four. You know what I mean? And I'd be cool with that. I'd be like, oh, look, he improved. 
I mean, that's I think that's the step that we need Patrick Williams to take. I think that anybody who has the hopes that Patrick Williams is going to be like a 20-point-per-game scorer got to wake up. Like, that's more than likely not happening. I look at Pat, and I've said this. I've... Uh, and, and I think it's I think it's realistic. I think we we have to move off the Kawhi comparisons and start being like, can can P Willie just turn into Luau Dang? Can he can you get me yep. seventeen and six? And that's cool. I'll be happy with it. So I'd be happy with it. It's just, yeah. and and that's the thing. Two things can be true, right? He can not have lived up to where we drafted him. He's not he probably not going to be better player. than Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, and he can still be very useful. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that people try, like, we live in this world now where it's like, oh, P. Will still has the potential to be a star. No, P. Will's a bust. He's not going to do anything. The truth is somewhere between those two, more than like yeah. we hope, right? And that's fine. If P. Will's able to turn into a consistent defensive monster, they still get you 15 to 16, 17 points, and six to eight rebounds per game, throw in three or four assists, I'm, and give you that for four or five years, and it's five, six years in a row, I'm more than happy with that. Yeah. No, I'm so, with you, man. I'm with you. I'm I I wouldn't be mad at even I think at this point the tough part is I don't care who steps up. It's just gotta be somebody. I'm not gonna lie to you, right? Like everybody was off of Kobe White. Kobe might be poised for the breakout season this year because Kobe's gonna get the opportunity to actually have the ball in his hand more times than not. So I I I don't care who steps up. The thing that you have to realize is that one of these young dudes got a hit for the Chicago Bulls to be able to take the next step or for yeah. there to be a path to the next step. And I think that that is going to determine what DeMar's future with the Chicago Bulls will be. That's fair. When you look at an extension, if they do extend them, year's number, real quick before we get out of this segment. Would you uh, what's DeMar? 30, he'll be 35 by the end? Well, 34 by the end of this season. He's 33 now. Give me a one and one with a player option for... Like 37, 37, 38 mil in total. Maybe front in total. That. Okay, so yeah. not per season in total. That's crazy. Um, yeah. But, I, well, I mean, not really, though. See, this is the tough part, though, because I don't, like, I got to, like, retrain my brain in percentages, not in how much the actual contract is worth, because that's how agents are going to come into these percentage deals. of the cap. That's what it is. Percentage now. Percentage of the of cap. The cap. So like DeMar DeRozan is going to be probably eating up. I mean, he's probably going to eat up 20 to 25% of your cap. And that's a lot more than 37 mil. I just don't know how to do that math right <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah. We got to get a percentage calculator. Right yeah. we That's that's why we're going to have to start talking about contracts. Also is percentage of the cap. We're going to have to give the number, the years, the number and percentage of the cap, just kind of put it in perspective because even even Patrick Williams, somebody pointed out over on Central, and it was a great point. Patrick Williams getting $95 million is, I can't remember what percentage of the cap, but it's basically the same percentage Todd Gibson was getting paid when uh, when he was here on the Bulls. And it's like, yeah. wow, when you put it in that perspective, it's like, that changes some things. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been an NBA fan for too long. I start hearing, toward, gets closer to $100 million. I'm like, wow. So... Hey, you, you know, as Bulls fans, we hear hundreds of millions, and we'd be like, wait a minute, no, it's Derrick Rose all over again. We'd be like, Derrick, think about this. Derrick Rose got 80. Didn't he get, what did he get crazy. 82? 85, I think it was. That's crazy. That's After wild. MVP season. That's we wild. were like, so much money. 
That's why, and keep in mind, it's called the Derrick Rose rule, too. Like, they literally named the rule after him because he got, he he was able to get so much of the, of the cap after that. the MVP season. That's crazy. All right, let's move on. Next up, though, that's wild, bro. We're gonna add, we're talking, I didn't think about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about, I don't think they refer to it as that anymore, but hey, that's what it was originally called. Um we're going to talk about Billy Donovan and his player utilization and how that could impact players like Alice Caruso next season. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on betting from everything to the money line, to the over-under, to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on one app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly there's no better place to bet on mlb than fanduel america's number one sports book so sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to 200 dollars in bonus bets that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official partner of major league baseball all right pat gotta talk about billy bubblegum donovan dang it <sighs> <laughs> Choose Jackson. <laughs> Choose Donovan is a mob name. Choose Donovan. When you look at it, so we kind of came to this segment in this topic based off Alice Caruso, right? Alice Caruso, who led the league in defensive estimated plus minus last season, led the league in deflections, was in the 90th percentile, surprisingly as well, 90, 98th percentile the season before last, this past season in the 90th percentile at blocks per minute as well. Who would have guessed that? Alice Caruso basically is a defensive nightmare and monster yeah. for opposing teams. But you listen to some Bulls fans, they'll say, you know, because he doesn't shoot the ball well, he, he has no impact. When you look at, like, Alice Caruso, how special of a player he is and the fact that he, the way that he's able to impact the Bulls positively without shooting and scoring pretty well, um, and then kind of bring that together with B Billy Donovan and him not always using players in the best and proper situations. What is that? How does that make you look at this Bulls team in the bench specifically coming into next season? Well, I think it's about the utilization, like 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 you said. I mean, we basically signed Alex Caruso to be the best defensive player on the team. He is. And we said, hey, if you don't mind go out, going out there and being a spot-up shooter on a consistent basis, that'd be great. Yeah. It makes no sense. He's never been a spot-up shooter before. It, it's what we do as Bulls fans. It, 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 it's what we do as Chicagoans. It, every time we go out and get somebody, we say, hey, we know that you didn't do this in this previous situation, but we don't have this. So can you do this in this situation here in Chicago? And that's not a realistic expectation. So for me, with Alice Caruso – what we paid him to do, like when Muzz are like, oh, you overpaid for this. What we paid him to do is what he does well. We paid him to go out there, get steals. I, I ain't going to lie to you. He used to be able to pass a little bit better. He'd be turning the basketball over a lot. But he was passing in selective spots. He wasn't passing every single time. Um, the turnovers did irritate me last year about Alice Caruso. But I, th I feel that way about so many players. And I think that it's... I think that Billy will use the team better because it'll be easier for him this year but it does depend on if guys are able to stay healthy, right? Like, I think that Javon Carter really does open up that much for Billy Donovan to where now Zach Levine's a two. DeMar DeRozan, we're kind of making a three, and it just kind of works. It's okay. We'll survive, but we got somebody to separate it out. Booch will be down low. 
Patrick Williams is basically going to be three and D. So get used to that, uh, uh, Bulls fans. And and hopefully he just continues to get better at that. He was actually pretty good at it by the end of the season. But to me, with a set lineup, he'll be fine because he presets the lineup. He's going to come out. He's going to have his game plan preset up. And you can go to guys in certain scenarios, in certain situations, when everybody's there. The question that I have is, say DeMar DeRozan pulls a hamstring. Say Javon Carter comes up gimpy. It's professional sports. It's not wishing injury on people, and, and but we know that it, it does happen. DeMar DeRozan played through like 80% of the season last year with like a hip flexor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's like guys come up injured. So if you don't have that guy at 100%, how are you then going to utilize them for the better? That's the question that I have for Billy Donovan. And I think that's my biggest concern because while I like the the – point guard ad that we have and i think that it was a really smart move to go out and get javon carter defensive dog all of that um he's one rolled ankle from us being right back to the roster we had last season this is true um i, I when i look at the player utilization part of it i look at it and say to me like Yes, Nikola Vucevic was able to play 82 games last season. Hats off to him and Patrick Williams for being able to achieve that because me and you have talked about it. If you play 65 to 67 games, that's a full season nowadays. Yeah. Like, it just is what it is, right? You yeah, must play the season and a half with no playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I want to see him spread out the minutes a little bit more to keep guys. Let's actually operate like a, like a team that expects, expects to make the playoffs, right? You see them kind of manage minutes at times during the season so that they can have fresher legs in the playoffs. We were fighting and clawing for a playing spot yep. last season. And it, it was evident when you got, when we're playing teams like the freaking Orlando magic that are, that were the worst team in the NBA and, and Zach Levine and, and DeMar DeRozan got to play 37 minutes for us to have a chance in that game. That's a problem, right? You should, you should be able to get rest every game that we've ever said, Hey, yeah, Zach and DeMar are probably going to be able to get some rest uh, in this game. It didn't because we blew leads. Yeah. So hopefully that the bench is better ready to support their starters. And we saw, I mean, you talked about so many games where Zach Levine was cooking. He just needed somebody to help him. And to your credit now, he he at least is going to have some players out there in Torrey Craig and Javon Carter that are not going to shy away from taking that three-point shot. They're probably <laughs> going to hit it. Hey, definitely not going to shy away from it. It'll be like, we taking it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, thanks, Zach. I got it. Like, that's what it's going to be. But that does that those things do help, right? Like just yeah. having more volume, even having Unalot Bidum. He knows what listen, this man getting the highlights tweeted about him. He's playing. Right? Like, come on, dog. Like, I they were sitting here. I was like, we know he's on a two-way deal, right? And they 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 putting out like Zach Levine's newest teammate, and it's him doing 360 dunks yeah. and all of this stuff. I'm just like, they know like he's He's not supposed to be like a real player, right? Like, he's just supposed to exist in the ethos. Um, but I do. I, I'm just when I look at this Bulls team, and and I'm fine. I know a lot of people aren't. I'm fine with the word continuity because if you're gonna win, we've seen that win out more times than not. But there is continuity in the system and the usage of players. And I think that that's what we didn't see enough last season. There was no continuity in how we used DJJ. There was no continuity in how we used Andre Drummond. There was no continuity in how we used uh, um, uh, Alex Caruso. I mean, like Alex Caruso played four different positions last season. That man played point guard, shooting guard, 
small forward and power forward. <laughs> That's accurate. That's crazy. I mean, so and and Billy talked about that with Kobe when Kobe, you know, was coming back in, how he had to play so many different positions just before before Billy found out what he actually was able to do. And and that that makes things hard on guys. Like I have to change my entire brain and my entire role of my job to go out there and do this now. And there's some guys that can do it and some guys who can't. I'm going to tell you all right now, we don't have a lot of guys who can. There's not a lot of LeBrons on this team, at least offensively. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls, like, it's not all on BD. And I, and I Billy Donovan, I, I've said this before, and I want to, and I always want to say it's not all just on Billy Donovan. It's not all just on the players. It, again, like with most things, the truth falls somewhere in the middle there. And, uh, you know, hopefully now with having a legit, some legit size and Tory Craig and things like that, maybe even Julian Phillips can get some spot minutes. Let's just, let's hope we don't see any more 6'4", six, 6'3", six, to 6'4", guards at power forward. That yeah, right there I, helps tremendously. Yeah. I, you think Alex I mean, Caruso especially playing the floor, the four this season? Oh, no. I mean, in some special lineups for sure. I just mean, uh, let's hope not that that's not primarily where we're seeing Alex Caruso at next season. What you think? We got to re-sign Javante Green. <laughs> no. <laughs> we need a small ball center, man. 6'2", strong <laughs> knees. This guy's got it. <laughs> told you, man. Nate, Nate well, Robinson is going to come back. strong no more, actually. He's going to – yeah, it's not strong anymore. Um, Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I lost my train. No, it wasn't. It was, I lo completely lost my train of thought. But all right, next up, though, we're going to get into the unfortunate passing of Rocky Wartz and um, what that means for Chicago sports. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys that Locked on Bulls is free and available on every podcasting app and platform um, of your choice, as well as Odyssey and the um, and uh, YouTube. And by the way, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out. If you're on the YouTube side, you got an Apple device, just go and, and, and Google Locked on Bulls. Go ahead and leave us a review. You can't leave a review on YouTube, so leave it on Apple Podcasts. But, uh, Pat, we lost somebody who's been a part of Chicago sports for their whole life, basically. Rocky Wards, yep. um, chairman of the Blackhawks, and we'll see what that means for 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 the, that team going forward. But like when you when you heard that, like what what was your reaction? Uh, I was surprised. I mean, listen, nobody expects anyone to die at seventy. You know, I guess it's closer to where we we feel like we're supposed to die, but it's it's still very young. Um, there was a lot of, at least we thought, a lot of good hockey to see from a Rocky Wirtz own team. Um, I and I mean, he he's literally him stepping up gave us our most exciting seasons of as Blackhawks fans. Um, gave us our our best memories as Blackhawks fans. I mean, like I don't think that there's any better memory than the K's and Tane the K. Taze and Kane is early. Taze and Kane Blackhawks. Um, probably in most fans' history who are, you know, still alive because what's the last time we won before that? 69? Something like that. Sounds I want to say. So, you know, for, for me, I think that it, especially for, for younger fans who came on, you know, much later, like I grew up not watching the Blackhawks. I thought the Blackhawks were like the Wolves affiliate team. Because mm -hmm. they they weren't on TV. You know, old man yeah. Wurtz wouldn't put the Blackhawks on TV and he didn't believe that people would come to the crazy. stadium. Huh? 
Russell, which is crazy when you it's think crazy, about it. bro. Yeah. Insane thought process here, bro. Like nobody would want to watch these guys at home. People got stuff to do. No, we, we we're tired. We just want to watch hockey. Um, but you know, all of a sudden the Blackhawks are on TV again. You know, the you get to see I for me the teams of my childhood, you know, I think of Nikolai Hobby Bulin and you know, Eric Daze and those guys, man. So um just really seeing the change that came to an organization and how he exuded championship uh, um, mentality. Uh, I think that that will be missed in this city because there's nobody in the 21st century who's exuded championship mentality like he did. I mean, like he got it Three done. titles. Three titles in a hard cap. Yeah. In a hard cap. Like that's that crazy. Like, hey, we're so good. We got to get rid of some of y'all. And figure out how to replace y'all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to look at it. Like, the, the Blackhawks won their first Stanley Cup at, since 1992. In, in 2010, when he took over, he took over in 2005, if I'm not well, mistaken. We went to the Cup in 92. We didn't win it in 92. We didn't win it in 92. Okay. Um, we took over. So, he tur he completely turned that team around in a handful of years and made us a title contender, building the team around Patrick Kane and 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 that those players, like... He, he, he was just a, such a smart businessman. And while, like, like I said, like the warts have owned the Blackhawks since the 1960s, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 just huge, bro. Like, and and it 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 sucks to lose somebody who really helped kind of bring that team into the modern age when you which you said, like not being on TV, which is crazy to think that you have a sports team that's been around for for 70 something years and and weren't on TV like it's crazy. Bro, I used to watch the Wolves and think that was NHL hockey, bro. That's crazy, bro. I'd be like, man, no wonder they don't show these on TV every day. We suck. Like I ain't know it was an AHL <laughs> team as a kid, bro. It's like why are they wearing different colors, bro? Like yeah. I literally used to just like I thought the Wolves were, and I went to so many Wolves games. I was like, so like what? The Blackhawks are like our minor league team. Like I'm a little kid, of course, but it's like it's one of those things where it's just like that's that's such an insane mentality of like why would anybody ever want to watch sports from the house yeah. <laughs> and now like it's really all we do and we watch it on the go and we watch it like how many sporting events i've watched just by propping Bro, my phone up on 90 percent of the time if my tv's on it's some type of sport is on it just is what it is bro oh y'all know how y'all know how i am bro. Like, listen i'm not if if I, I got two uh, options for television, yeah, I'm up to. I got three options for television. I've been adding more shows here recently. I got. I've been adding a little more shows. Yeah, I, I finished Ted Lasso. Great show. Great show. Amazing show. Amazing, Amazing show. show. Uh, so show. when you look at uh, at the Blackhawks now, Danny Warts, uh, his son is is in line to take over. Um, do you think like the direction that we're on now, Connor Bedard coming in? Do you expect like a a change like what happened when Rocky took over? Or do you think it's going to be kind of part of the course for at least the, as Danny, because I think Danny's been, he's been the CEO for a, a few years now, at least. Yeah. I don't remember how long. So it's not like he hasn't been involved in the team. He's just stepping in. He's been around, but he's probably going to step into that chairman role. Now, do you expect any changes for the way that the Blackhawks are run? Uh, I, I think that when you, the process was already starting. Mm -hmm. so what to me what would have happened anyway is gonna happen yeah. um 
it's sad that Rocky Wirtz didn't get to see, you know, it basically come to fruition yet again. But listen, you you got, I don't care how you got it, you got the number one overall pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and getting Connor Bedard is a jump start to your rebuilding process. There's still some steps to go. I think you're still probably, you know, five years away from being a Stanley Cup contender every single year. But hockey is a weird sport, man. Like I'm telling hockey, you, like, it's it can go, it can it like people say you can turn around quick in football. Hockey's one of those weird sports where you can be in a rebuild for five to eight years or two. But is the the problem is right like if you do it wrong you'll be in a rebuild for like fifteen years. Oh yeah, for sure, twenty, <laughs> like twenty. You make a wrong mistake and you can't like you can't in NBA you can get a couple of drafts wrong as long as you get that next one right you're kind of good. If you get a couple of drafts wrong in the NHL you're screwed. Hey bro, yeah, you 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 <laughs> behind the eight ball, bro. Like I I've seen teams like I remember just being like, hey man, the Panthers been rebuilding my whole life, like <laughs> like. When y'all going to do something, dude? Like, I don't know, man. Like, hey, but that's how the Blackhawks were. Yeah. And we would just get guys, and we would be like, and I think about even like the, the Nikolai Hobby Bullen teams, like they weren't, they were okay. You know, Tony Amante and all of them, they were okay. They were competitive, but it was like, hey, man, like why we keep you adding, it was the Bulls. Why we keep you adding these older dudes? Like what's going on with this team, man? Um. Yeah. But this, yeah, this, I, this will be the longest hockey conversation you guys see between two black guys probably ever. Actually, no. I think if you go to, like, the Locked On NHL side, it's a lot oh, of black Oh, you're, right, you're right. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. A this lot of black it. people on that side, man. Black <laughs> people like hockey. Oh, no, we're not playing Thank it. You. Let's, that, let, we're not playing it. We're not some playing of us it. are. It's uh, chilly well, out there. Let's, let's debunk that, that black people don't like hockey. I love hockey, bro, especially watching it live. Come on, man. If hockey I could go, to, I could go to every Blackhawks game live, I would absolutely be there. Hockey live hit different. I ain't going to yeah. lie to you, but they got to bring them prices down. Like, come on, dog. <laughs> y'all y'all been sucking. <laughs> hey, you see, as soon as they got Bedard, here we go. Bro, Let's raise them back up. Right back up, bro. Jeez. Right back up. Can I get 20 minutes? You can, can tell that they've been minutes? in business with Jerry Ryan's door for 60-plus years is all we're saying, bro. Like, Hey, bro, that man. <laughs> and, and that's the wild part, right? Like, <laughs> It's really been like forty-five years. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, and this is this is not a joking matter, but I wouldn't be me if I didn't do something like this. Like I'm not gonna lie, I saw Jerry's like you know how he was surprised by the passing of Rocky Wars, and he you know was very hurt. I was just like, is Jerry just surprised that he outlived this man, bro? Like was he just <laughs> was, was he just like I made it? I can't believe my God, that's like, funny. Like Jerry, I, I, I tell you guys, evil never dies, bro. This Jerry, is what it is? Jerry is Morgan Freeman, bro. Jerry, he's been Emperor old Palpatine, life, bro. bro. He's Emperor Palpatine. Like when we do think Jerry's gone, just like in the Last Jedi. I mean, uh, no, no, what was it? The The Rise of Skywalker. We're gonna think Jerry's gone for twenty years, and then, and then all of a sudden he's. <laughs> you just hear an uh, echo in Jerry laugh. He's going to be rolling in in a press conference in one of those Professor uh, Charles Xavier hovering chairs just rolling in there like, y'all y'all thought I was out. I'm back in. <laughs> We're never getting hired by Jerry for that network. Uh, Let's we get up out of here, we Pat. I gave up on that a long time ago. What if he hired us anyway? He'd just be like, oh, uh, we don't have any black guys. No, okay, all right, I'll take it. Uh, follow us on everything at Lockdown Boys. You can follow me on everything at Path of Designer. <laughs>
Appreciate y'all for sure with love. Be like, you've only had like millions of players. Like you can just... <laughs> You guys can follow me at C-O-A-C-O-H-A-I-C-E. Make sure, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Uh, make sure you guys tune in with us again tomorrow as we're going to continue breaking down anything going on with the Bulls as well as our expectations around the Bulls heading into next season. For Pat the Designer, I'm Hayes. It's been Locked on Bulls, man. We out, y'all. Peace. Yes. Be, be, be. Oh my god.